hold a Bible, lift him up high. This is my Bible. I believe what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right. We're still talking about uh, faith focus. Someone say faith focus. And the subtitle of this series is Winning in Life. Amen. Uh, God has intentions for us. And one of his intentions is that we live victoriously as his children. That we win in life. God wants you to win in life. He doesn't want you to just roll over and be defeated all of the time. Amen? And for you to win, he has given you the necessary tools for you to live a victorious, uh, better known as a winning life. Amen? Uh, Just a quick uh, heads up. We will be officially starting our first series on TV in Africa, first week of May. And it's basically, uh, they've basically given us till the end of the year. And we're working really hard to try and put together a show. We're venturing into a space that we had no experience. And uh, basically they called us in and they said we'll help you as much as we can. So if you have any TV experience, please be sure to sign up at the back so you can help us with jingles, opening, intros, outros, and things like that. Amen? Lighting and so on and so forth. So we will be starting this Wednesday. We'll be in their studios to record our first teaching. Now, that has implications because we're going to be teaching the Word of God and we discovered during Faith Week that God is about to bring us into a realm that we have never been before. God is bringing us into a new dimension. This will have implications. What are the implications? The implications are we're going to be reaching a minimum of 10 million homes. And we're going to be reaching close to over 100 people across the continent. What does that mean? That means we're going to have more people responding to what God has given us to teach the continent. What does that mean? That means we're going to have more people coming into this place. What does that mean? That means this place may not have enough room for us to accommodate everybody. What does that mean? That means you, when you're driving, you need to be looking for opening space that we can take advantage of, uh, plant another campus, uh, move the whole church there. I mean, as God shows us our next step, we will be taking those steps. But get excited. Things are about to change in a mega way. Amen. Uh, And serving teams, you know, when we have more people, that means more responsibility. And we don't want to be careless and have a big harvest and not know what to do with it. So if you have not been serving and you want to be trained in any of the departments, please be sure to sign up. It's basically going to be a crash course between now and May. Because once we hit the play button... There is no telling what's going to happen with the harvest. Amen. Amen. And if you have a testimony, we know uh, I get a lot of testimonies at the church office. If you have a testimony and you would like for us to share with everyone else, with the rest of the church, please be sure to let the ladies at the back know so that we can record it. Amen. All right, let's go now to 1 John chapter number 5, verse 4. 1 John chapter number 5, verse 4. 
Thank you, Jesus. First John chapter number 5, verse 4. It says, For whatever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, let's read the same scripture in the New Living Translation. This is our foundational scripture uh, for this series. We're going to be reading it uh, every time we get into this series. It says in the New Living Translation, For every child of God, how many children of God do I have? It says every single one of them, every child of God defeats this evil world or defeats what this evil world has to offer. He's talking about a system. By world, he's not talking about, you know, the, 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 the cosmic world that you and I live in. He's talking about a world system that seeks to do three things according to John 10.10. 10, to kill, to steal, and to destroy or to take away from you. That's what the world system is designed to do. And he says every child of God defeats that system. And what's awesome about it is he didn't leave it to your imagination to know the how to accomplish this. He tells it to you. He says, every child of God defeats the evil one and we achieve this victory through putting a pasta tea bumper sticker on your car. Is that what he said? No, he says we achieve this victory through our, someone say our. Our. O you are. It's got a personal disposition. Our. You may as well say my. He didn't say his. He didn't say their. He says our faith. He says we achieve this through our faith. And last week we learned that faith is not a hobby, it's not an interest. It's not something we do when we are in trouble. We run to. We learned that faith is a lifestyle. It is a way of living. When you got born again, you walked out with a prescription on how to live, and it said F A I T H, faith, because the just shall live by faith. So faith is a force for life that produces a victorious life. And if you didn't, if you're not here last week, be sure to go to the website and download so you can catch up with what we are going to be talking about today. A lot of people agree with me. You know, when I say faith is the force, faith is the power to change your life. Faith will bring victory to your life. A lot of people agree, but here is where the, uh, uh, they have a, a, a cop out. They say, you know, Pastor T, I know exactly what you're saying, but I don't think I have enough of that faith. To be able to live the way you are talking about. Well, let's find out if you have enough or you don't have enough. Let's find out what the scripture has to say. Go with me now to Romans chapter number 12 verse 3. So most people don't doubt that faith works. They just doubt that they have enough to make it work. So they want more faith. Lord, give me more faith. You remember the disciples went to Jesus and said, Lord, how? How, how, how many times must we forgive one another? Seven times? I mean, he thought he was being overly generous. You know, he says, Peter, he says, seven times? I mean, even that, that's over the top. Jesus turned around and he says, 70 times, seven times. And he turned around and he says, Master, 
I'm going to need more faith. Give me more faith. And Jesus turned around and he said, If your faith is as little as a mustard seed, you shall say to this sycamine tree, Be uprooted and be thrown in the, into the sea, and it shall obey you. What is he saying? He's saying, Use what you have. Because it's powerful enough. Amen? Romans chapter number 12, verse 3. For I say... Oh yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. Now that's an interesting scripture. You see, when he says to every man that is among you, what is he talking about? If you read Romans chapter number 1 verse 7, you know that the letter is addressed to the saints at Rome. So when he says every man, he's talking about every man who is a part of the saints at Rome. Not every man in the world. So the context is, he's talking to saints. He's talking to you and me. Not people acting crazy out there. He's not talking to them. He's talking to saints. And he's saying every man amongst the saints. That's the context. He says, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to how many? I don't like this, this version. You know, they change some interesting things here. He says to each one a measure of faith. But if you read in the original King James rendering, it says as he has given to everyone, T-H-E, the measure of faith. In other words, the measure of faith that God dished out was specific to everyone. So there's no one who received bigger faith or a greater measure of faith than the other. God gave to every man, T-H-E, the measure of faith. So all of us received the same amount of faith. You know the same faith that Peter used to heal the sick with handkerchiefs? It's the same faith that God gave to you. The same faith that they used to uh, uh, raise the dead, Dorcas, it's the same faith that God has given you. Amen? Amen. <laughs> but it's not what you have, it's how you use it. It's like, man, if I got a superpower, one of those Formula One cars, and you know, I'm driving right next to Shoemaker, I may make that car, as powerful as it is, drive like a Chico Golf. You know why? Because it's not what you have, it's how you Use it. So God has given to every man the measure of faith, the specific amount of faith. So there's no excuse. There's no cop-out. No one was defrauded. In fact, the Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. God does not show favoritism or partiality. God treats all of his children the same. And when you got born again, if it was spoon-level faith, all of us got spoon-level faith. So what's the problem, Pastor T? I am glad you asked. The problem is you need to start learning how to use what God gave you. Yeah. You know my little daughter, the younger one, she's two years old. She has the same, someone say same. same. She has the same similar number of muscles in her body with what I have. Same. Yeah. Everything is the same. She's got biceps too. She's got calf muscle, yeah. hamstring. She's got all of that. Yeah. But she can't bench press 100 kilos. I can. <laughs> What's the difference? I've been using what God gave me. 
Oh man, this is awesome. You know what that does? It makes this place a spiritual gymnasium. No, not a social club. No, not a place where we come to see what who uh, uh, is wearing and what uh, uh, car they're driving. No, no. It becomes a place where we come to get our faith muscles toned. It becomes a place where we begin to exercise our faith muscles. Let's go to Second Peter chapter number 1, verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. Man, it's going to be good. Second Peter, chapter number 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus the Christ, to them that have obtained, someone say obtained. obtained. Notice he didn't say to them who are trying to obtain. It's got a past tense rendering. Did you see it? He says to them, writing to you and me or to the saints, and we qualify, he says to those or to them who have obtained, not who are trying to obtain by fasting and praying and they're trying to get this thing and they are, you know, cutting themselves. Oh, Lord, give me this. No, to those who have obtained. It's already a done deal. What have they obtained? Come on, keep reading. To those who have obtained like precious. How many of you know that faith is precious? Man, faith is precious and you need to treat it like it is. He says like, that word like uh, uh, is the word in the Greek, isotimos, which means of equal value or honor. He says to those who have received an equal value of equal honor, precious faith. He says those who have received like precious faith with us. So the same faith that Peter had, the same faith that the apostle Paul had, you received the same measure in quantity and in quality. And all you need to do is to start learning how to use what you already have. Start using it to change people's lives, start using it to live a victorious life yourself. Man, so all of us got this bad boy supercar. I don't know why I'm talking about cars today. All of us, when God gave away faith, he's just given away these faith cars, man, supercars. But you know what we like to do in the church with that car? We like to go into the garage and we look at this car, we wash it and we polish it. And oh man, look at all this faith that I have. Man, I'm a faith warrior. And we never go anywhere with that car. We're just looking at it. And man, you see a little sport that's got, you, you know, you, you, want, you want it sportless and sparkling clean. And, and every now and again, you, you, you open the bonnet and look at that engine. Oh man, that engine is powerful. You know, this thing can do 100 kilometers in three seconds. But the car is still in your garage. And every now and again, you go into the car and you hit the ignition. Vroom, 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 vroom. And you get in there. Vroom, you rev that thing, man. You rev that thing. You can hear the sound of the engine. And the car is still in the garage. And then every now and again, we jump out of the car and we celebrate the power that is being released every time you hit the accelerator. The power, the power, the power, the power, the power, the power. You go back in. This thing is powerful. And we turn to God, send more power. 
But the car is in the garage. Start channeling that power of faith towards a cause so you can change people's lives. That's what faith is for. It is for winning in life and not for sure off. He says we have obtained the same precious faith. What did Peter do with that precious faith? He changed people's lives. What did he do? He lived a victorious. Someone say victorious. Victorious. He lived a winning life. life. Thank you Jesus. Let's go now to Romans chapter number 10. We're going to read from verse 14. How do I use this? How do I use this power? How do I use this power, Pastor T? I'm glad you asked. How do I develop my faith muscles? Because we say the church becomes a spiritual gymnasium, becomes a gym. This is where you come to exercise and train your faith muscles. Amen? And let me tell you, when you come into this church, this one in particular, we focus on what is called functional strength training. Functional strength training is different from bodybuilding. Because bodybuilding is for looking good. It's for cosmetics. It's for show off. It's to say, look, I can prophesy. Look at me. Who can prophesy the most? (laughs) Prophesy, Papa. Prophesy. That's what it's for. It's for bodybuilding. But functional strength training... It's so that you can carry your bags properly at the airport without hurting your back. It's for functional use. Have you seen these big guys with those big biceps at the gym, those guys that show up? Those guys don't dig gardens with those muscles. They don't put their muscles to proper use. It's just for wearing a a smaller size t-shirt and walking around, you know. That's what it's for. But when you come to a spiritual gymnasium like this one, we are very practical with the word. You know why? Because we want to fix your form. Someone say form. See, the first thing you want to fix when you go to the gym is your form. You can't just lift any kind of way. And how do we fix your form? We fix your form by altering the way you now read the Bible. You can't just read the Bible like a novel. You can't just read the Bible like a religious book with religious rules. We have to fix your form so you start reading it from the perspective that God is good. And not only that, from the perspective that it's full of grace and love. And when you do that, we fix your form. Now when you go out there, you know exactly how to maintain that form in your spiritual exercises. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter number 10, verse 14 to 17. He says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? So someone has to hear for them to believe. Amen? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's where the preacher comes in. That's where the teacher comes in. That's where we, 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 we are planting churches and sending preachers out to preach the same message that we are preaching here. Because a preacher has to be sent if people are going to be here, the message of grace. Someone has to go on a, on, a, on, a, on a ministry gift assignment to go and preach so that people can hear. And when they hear, you will see what happens. So every person that stands in this pulpit preaching, giving instruction, stands as a gym instructor. Spiritual gym instructor. Man, this thing is far above a social club. See, people that go to the gym for socializing, when you walk into the gym, 
You can literally point them out. How? No result. No, when I was talking to, and this is not a put down, this is an observation. When I was talking to one of my spirit, uh, gym instructors, he said to me, man, I know a lot of people who've been coming to this place doing it wrong, and they still look the same way they've looked for five years. He says, especially you guys who like weights. He started rebuking me. He says, when you guys come in, you lift a little and talk a lot. And I said, man, this thing is loaded with spiritual truth. Man, when you come into this place, less talking, more lifting. Aren't your neighbors say less talking, more lifting? And here's something else Lloyd said to me. You know, I bumped into him at the gym, and, you know, we were training, and he said, Pastor Fee, I found out that you don't even have to lift heavy. All you have to do is to lift whatever you can in the right form. And when I was young in the Lord, man, I was looking to lift heavy. I just, it's called ego lifting. You're just lifting so people around you can look at you. Oh, look at that moanya. It's called ego lifting. And ego lifting always ends, ends up in injuries. Because you are lifting above what you are supposed to be lifting. But when you master the basics, someone say basics. Man, you could be lifting 5 kgs. If you are isolating the right muscle, you will grow and gain some functional strength. So a lot of Christians are looking for the deep things of God. Pastor T, I want the deep things of God. No, the deep things of God are not the ones that are going to bring you growth. It's mastering the basic things of God and do them consistently. And then you will go into the deep things. I had another problem. Growing up in high school, used to play basketball. And here was the problem. Because everything we saw from the television, uh, uh, you know, the guys who were playing uh, at a professional level, the only thing we saw, we never watched a game. We never watched a full game. The only thing we watched was what was called NBA action. Top 10 plays from over 80 games that were played on the weekend. So they would go to 80 games that were played on the weekend and pick the best part out of each game. And then they would come and scream that to us. And I thought the game was to be played that way all the time without realizing that they have not shown us the rest of the stuff. For 99% of the game, the guys are doing the basic stuff. Lay up. And only one, when he's in a tight spot, does he jump and then... And I thought that how you play the game. So every time I would go to do a layup without anybody marking me, I would... And everyone around me was wondering, am I crazy or what? And it's the same thing. Man, you're trying to get too deep with the things of God when you don't need to. Just master the basics and do them so good, when you're in a tight spot, the deep stuff will come to you. Man, if you go to soccer, top 10 highlights are goals filled with acrobatics. And all kinds of skills. Now, if you focus on that, you would think that's how the game is played. 
No, no, no. The game is played in the basics. Can you stop the ball? Can you pass it? Here we go again. Can you forgive? Can you receive God's word? Can you follow instructions? Can you act on it? Have you been acting on what God has told you? Do you have faith like a little child? Do you put your trust in him? Have you been mastering the basics? No, 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 Pastor T. I want to know what the number 13 means in numerology. Oh, no, no, no. You're way out of your zone. Man, you better get stuff that will make you and your life work right now because you're in a mess. Romans chapter number 10, verse 14. And how shall they preach unless they ascend, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, the Lord, Lord who has believed our report. Verse 17 is where I'm driving to. So then, someone say then. It says, so then faith comes. By hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So he says faith grows, or you grow into the faith that God has already given you when you hear from God's word. Faith comes when you hear God's words. The Bible talks in the book of Proverbs chapter number 4 of uh, the, different eye the different gates to our hearts that receive things from this world, it talks about a forward mouth. It says a forward mouth put far away from you. It talks about an inclination to God's word. It talks about looking and focusing on God's word. And it says above everything, guard your heart because out of it will flow the issues of life. What is he talking about? The stuff that you put in your heart is in a way training, gym, exercising your faith. So that when you go out there and you're confronted with heavy things, you can pick them up and throw them off the way or off the cliff. But, someone say but, you're going to have to train with wisdom. You're going to have to train with wisdom. And if you're going to train with wisdom, the first thing you need to do is to identify uh, 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 a personal trainer. Someone say personal trainer. What's the first thing? How many of you have ever gone to a uh, physical gym and a proper gym in January, general resolution, and you go into a gym and you're looking for a personal trainer? How many of you have ever uh, been at that? What's the number one thing you're looking for in a personal trainer when you walk in? What they look like. I didn't hear that. Like. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? People didn't say, I'm looking for what they know. He says, I'm looking for what they look at. And it's the same thing. The world is not blind. The reason why the world has not been listening to us as a church is because we don't look like something is going on. Because we are broke just like them. We are fearful just like them. So they walk into a spiritual gymnasium looking for help and everybody is walking overweight. Spiritually. First thing you need to do is to get, you know, my wife decided at the beginning of the year, and this is so awesome, she decided at the beginning of last year that she was going to lose 10 kgs of all the post-pregnancy belly. So she came up with a plan. She said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, and so on and so forth. And by June, June, July, she had lost about 10 kgs. So what I started noticing was people started leaving me and going to her 
for training Adraj. And it hurt my feelings. I was like, I'm supposed to be the guru here. I'm supposed to be the gym expert. But everybody, every one of my clients were now going to her. Like, hey, Lady G, how did you lose weight? And here's something she'd always say. She'd always say, man, I drank a lot of water and I drank green tea and I, you know, went for uh, uh, running and so on and so on. She would so list about five things she did. And then I would hear almost every single one of them say, where can I find green tea? <laughs> all, almost all of them. They would, listen, they would listen to the whole council. The Bible talks about the whole council of God in Acts chapter number 20, verse 27. You know what the Bible says? It says we must receive and also preach the whole. Someone say whole. It says we must give the whole counsel of God. She was given the whole counsel of losing weight. But even within that, people are picking and choosing the ones that they are comfortable with. She says, I don't care about the running at 5.30 in the morning. Did you say green tea? Okay, I'll do that. And it's the same thing, man. God makes us in this church teaching practically. He makes us teach all kinds of series. We teach from finances, from relationship. We teach on how to forgive. We teach on how to win, faith focus, and so on and so forth. It's amazing. Out of all those teachings, someone will just go and pick one. Say, Pastor T, I know you're talking about finances, but I know I don't want to do any of that. All I want is this one on how to find a man, this one. (laughs) And you know what that does? Have you ever been to a gym? Have you ever been to a gym and seen these guys who only focus on the upper body? Man, you'll be lopsided. You have to receive the whole. Someone say the whole. You have to receive the whole counsel of God. All of it. Everything that God challenges you with. Challenge yourself to start taking steps of faith in that area. And stop making excuses. If God says go and raise the dead, go and raise the dead. Well, Pastor T, I tried it the last time and it didn't work. Keep doing it until God changes the instruction. And as far as I know, he hasn't changed the instruction. If he says lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, you keep doing it until you see the fruit of what he promised would happen. If he says give and it will come back to you, man, you keep at it. You keep doing it until you see the fruit. Because the power is in your consistency. So he says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's go now to John chapter number 8 verse 31. We're going to close in four minutes. John chapter number 8, verse 31. Talking about this spiritual gymnasium. Man, I still had a lot to deal with, but we're running out of time. Someone shout, every word word. that comes to me me. carries with it a faith faith. or doubt doubt. component component attached to it. Every word that you listen to, whether it's on the TV, whether it's on the radio, whether it's with your friends gossiping, every word that you receive carries with it a faith component or a doubt and unbelief component. 
And whatever you train the most will grow. If you train your doubt and unbelief muscles by receiving a diet. In fact, this is what they say. Oh man, this is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. He says, what happens in the spiritual gymnasium? I've had people come to me and complain. They say, you know, Pastor T, I'm not growing in this church. You know, I'm not growing. When everybody else is giving us testimonies, I'm not growing. Let me tell you how you grow. Gym is only 20% of the regimen. Because abs are made in the kitchen. Come on, preach with me. Abs are made where? And where, where, where be the kitchen at? So I'm telling you, what you eat out there is what's hindering your growth. Listen, I've learned the hard way. It does not matter how hard you lift in the gym. If you go out there and eat donuts and drink Coca-Cola, ain't nothing going to change. It doesn't matter what we do here. It doesn't matter how much we preach. Man, we could preach standing on our head. If you go out there and eat all kinds of stuff, ain't nothing going to change. You know why? Because you are what you eat. Ultimately, it's what you eat out there that's causing you not to see any spiritual development. But because you're so inclined to excuses, you want to put it off on the gym instructor. Man, we have people coming to the gym who are eating amaguinya in the gym. They're lifting hard, but they're not eating the right stuff. What am I saying spiritually? Are you eating from God's word or you're eating from cut blanche? Today is Sunday, right? They're going to be complaining for about an hour and 30 minutes. 15% back. So they're going to be complaining about. They're going to be complaining for an hour, 30 minutes. And you know they're going to be feeding you complaint and fear and so on and so forth. You know it. Because that's what they're training you for and into. And most people go into that and eat that diet and come to church for about an hour. And we preach for about 40 minutes. And you know you're lifting. But you're not... You're not being careful about what you eat. Man, you need to be strict about your diet. I've been with people who are strict about their diet. They calculate everything. They calculate the calories and so on and so forth. And here's what you need to do with your life. You need to set up a perimeter. You know what a perimeter is? A perimeter and check every word that goes into your heart. Check every word. This is what the army will do. Whenever they set up camp, the first thing they do is set up a perimeter. And when they set up a perimeter, what they do is they have one access point. And everything that goes into the camp has to go through that one access point. And they thoroughly check it. You know why? Because it can compromise the integrity of the camp if it's carrying a bomb or something. So they thoroughly check it. They, they, they check everything. They want to make sure that this thing is clean before it goes in. And this is what you need to do with every word that you listen to. Man, when your friends at work start complaining, check those words. Listen to the conversation before it goes into the perimeter. Because if it goes, kaboom. In the camp of your heart. The Bible says guard your heart. Set a perimeter. Guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of it will flow the what? The issues of life. Man, you need to guard your ears. You need to guard yourself from what you hear. Don't sit around complainers. Sit around dreamers. Sit around dreamers. 
man, when I'm traveling, and I'm going to be traveling soon, one of the things I hate about the airport, and at the same time I love it, is, is the security lines. Someone gave me perspective. Says, Tavara, you and I are going to be on this plane. They better check everybody. But if they have to take off their shoes, let them take off their shoes. They have to check the socks. They have to take off, strip their clothes. They have to let them do that because you and I are on this plane. And when we get on this plane, if someone brings something that will compromise the safety of this plane, you and I are going down. And this is how, uh, uh, this is how determined you need to be with the conversations that you listen to. Yeah in this season because faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god people talk all kinds of stuff oh man we went and spied the land oh but the land and this didn't happen in an official see we make everything religious these cats were sitting at a bride just clowning but that conversation planted doubt in the whole nation yeah. they're clowning just having a good time oh man you know Ah, can I get a drink? Yeah, Coca-Cola. Yeah, and this giant Baba, this giant will, we will like grasshopper. <laughs> Serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so were we in their eyes. Yeah. And so, and you know what Caleb and Joshua's attitude? Shut up. Yep. I'm well able. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm well able. Yeah. You need to. Oh, Shaka Zul, 15%. 15% means you and I are going to be, no, shut up. I'm not going to be broke. It's not going to affect my finances. Because it, it's, it's sneaky. You need to realize the enemy does not put poison in dog poo because no one eats dog poo. He puts poison in cakes and, in, you know, the stuff that we like. He puts poison in a nice dinner so that, you know, it feels good to talk about the finance minister and how the country is going down. It feels good. It's a bribe. This country is going down. Oh, I mean, this country. This country. It feels good. But what are you planting in your heart? And what are you going to have faith for? What did I tell you to go? John 8, verse 31. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Did this help someone this morning? Oh, man, this is loaded. John 8, 31. We're going to read verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall tell you you're out of time. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. We give you praise. We give you glory. Lord, we thank you that you have given us like precious faith. Father, we thank you that as we walk and live, teach us how to use this faith that you have already given us. Our hearts are ready to receive from your word. Father, right now, we thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. Give them the revelation of your love. For faith works by your love. Lord, give them a revelation of how to function in this arena, this realm of faith. And Father, I thank you right now that their lives will never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say amen and amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight.